0: Are you listening to me? Her mother prodded. Jane glanced at her bespectacled father, who gave her a half-shrug and a sympathetic smile, before folding his hands atop his desk and returning his attention to his book. Papa obviously wished this entire debacle was playing out elsewhere, instead of interrupting his reading. Jane didn't blame him. She looked longingly toward her own book. I do hope it dries and the pages aren't adversely affected. Oh, wait, she should be paying attention to her mother. Of course I'm listening, Mama. Her mother crossed her arms over her chest and glared at her suspiciously. Why are you wet? Jane passed her lips. I thought this was about Mrs. Bunbury. Distraction, it always worked on Mama. Without taking his eyes off his book, Jane's father smirked. Yes, Mrs. Bunbury, her mother continued. That's exactly right. I have several questions about her. Jane took a deep breath. She carefully removed her spectacles and wiped them on her sleeve. Stalling, a second tactic that usually worked on her mother. Mamma, we've discussed this. I'm no longer a child. I'm twenty-six years old. I'm a blue stocking, a spinster. She refrained from pointing out that her mother's refusal to accept that fact was exactly why she'd had to invent this preposterous Mrs Bunbury scheme. That would not be received well, not at all. You most certainly are not! Her mother stamped her foot again. Why, I cannot believe my ears! She whirled toward Jane's father. Charles, are you listening to this? Jane's father's head snapped up. He cleared his throat. "'Why, yes, yes, of course, blue-stocking spinster, dear.' "'No!' her mother cried. "'Jane is not a blue-stocking spinster.' "'No, of course not,' her father agreed, before burying his head in his book again. Hortense turned back to face Jane. She pressed her handkerchief to her lips. "'We've spent a fortune on your clothing and schooling.' We've ensured you've received invitations to all of the best parties, bowls and routes. I do not understand why you cannot find a husband. I don't want a husband, Mamma. I've told you time and again. If you'd merely try, Hortense pleaded. As usual, her mother refused to listen, hence the need for Mrs. Bunbury. Jane carefully replaced her spectacles. I'm going to the house party, aren't I? Logic. It usually served to placate her mother, if temporarily. Her mother made a funny little hiccuping sound. You won't enjoy yourself. I know you won't. I think I should come with you and... No. Jane could only hope she successfully kept the panic from her face. If Mamma came to the house party, it would be a disaster. It was bad enough that she would be arriving at the end of the week for the wedding itself. Of course I won't enjoy myself, Mamma. Not the party part, at least. I'm bringing a great many books, and I intend to. Her mother tossed her hands into the air. Books, books, books. That's all the two of you ever talk about, ever think about. She turned sideways and glared accusingly back and forth between her husband and her daughter. Jane stepped forward and put a comforting arm around her mother's shoulder. She felt a bit sorry for her the poor woman hadn't given birth to a daughter who loved people and parties and clothing and fripperies like she did. Instead, she'd given birth to a girl who took after her intellectual father, a man who'd been knighted by the crown for his genius at economics, having successfully invested a great deal of money for the royal family. Jane even looked like her father. Dark hair, dark eyes, round cheeks, round face. The slightly round backside may have been more due to her love of tea-cake than her father's doing, but that hardly mattered. In all things important, Jane took after Sir Charles.